0: Hello and welcome to Table Talk. Today we're going to talk about the final judgment, the Great White Throne. The common teaching among Christian dispensationalist groups is that there will be several judgments, at least three. They propose a judgment day at the so-called rapture of the Church, when the saints are taken from this earth to be with the Lord. On that day the saints will be judged for their faithfulness at the Bema Seat of Christ. One dispensationalist writes, 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 tells us we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. In context, it is clear that both passages refer to Christians, not unbelievers. So their second judgment then occurs, they will say, at the end of the seven years of tribulation, after the battle of Armageddon, when the nations will be judged for their treatment of the Jews and the tribulation saints. And then will come the millennial reign of Christ, after which will be the great white throne of judgment, when the lost will be judged. Three judgments, at least. For remember that not all of our premillennial brethren agree. Some may anticipate even more judgment events than three. Now in this podcast, I want to suggest to you that there is just one single judgment day. When the Bible talks about this day, it always refers to it in the singular. It talks about the day of the Lord, the day of judgment. It never seems to speak of these future days of judgment. In First Thessalonians 5 and verse 2, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. It is the day of the Lord. So to help us explore the final judgment day, we're going to work through Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 to verse 15. We're going to talk about the great white throne. I'm Bob McAvoy, and this is the Semper Reformata Podcast. going to do some investigative work and we're going to be investigative journalists and we're going to ask the questions that investigative journalists ought to ask. Who, what, where, when and why? Who will be involved in this judgment? What will happen there? When will it happen? What's it all about? Why will it happen? questions like that. Let's start with our first one. Who will be involved in the courtroom on the great day of judgment? Well the obvious answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. There is someone sitting upon this great white throne of judgment. Someone whose glory caused the heaven and earth to melt away before him look at revelation chapter 20 and verse 11 and there we read and i saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them we often speak of god's judgment day and there is no doubt that this is an appropriate name for it it is god's judgment day But remember that God is the triune God, and that in every historical divine intervention, all three persons of the Trinity are active. For example, in creation, in the incarnation of Christ, at the baptism of Jesus, at his transfiguration, in redemption, and in the future judgment, God will be on his throne, in the person of his Son the blessed second person of the Trinity, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so in the Apostles' Creed we affirm, I believe in his only Son, our Lord. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from whence he will come again to judge the living and the dead. The one who was our loving, humble Saviour on the cross will on that day Be our stern judge. See this in Scripture. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. John 5 and verse 27 And hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 to 10 That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. The Lord Jesus will be on the throne. But there are others involved in Judgment Day too. And one of those will be the angels of the Lord. In Revelation chapter 14 and verse 17 to 20, and in particular in verse 19, it tells us the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. God's holy angels will have an important role on that day. They will gather the nations before the throne. But there's another role for the angels, and it's a frightening prospect. Sometimes I hear superstitious people speaking of angels as their protecting spirits, who hover over and around them, watching their steps. I see people picking up white feathers and foolishly thinking they have been visited by an angel. People wearing angel badges and keeping angel statues in their home and by their family graves. But on judgment day, these angels are the ones who will remove them from God's presence, who will carry them away and thrust them into the very fires of hell. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 41 says, The Son of Man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and cast them into a furnace of fire. Christians will be there too. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, the Apostle Paul writes, Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Now, I'm not exactly sure how that will work. William Hendrickson, the commentator, suggests that perhaps it will simply mean that we will praise God for his righteous judgments as in Revelation chapter 15 verse 3 to 4 where we read, Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. Who? the Lord Jesus Christ, the angels, Christian believers. We go on to our second investigative question. What? What will happen there? The obvious answer is that there will be divine justice dispensed. Revelation chapter 20 again, this time verse 12 to verse 13. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. Now think about the proceedings of this court. In this court the accused are summoned. Look at the various classes it's listed. The fallen angels will be there. The fallen angels will be judged on that day. There's plenty of biblical evidence. Matthew chapter 8 and verse twenty-nine, Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. For if God... Spurred not the angels that sinned but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Jude 6 And the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day so the fallen angels will be summoned before the throne, and the dead, small and great, will stand there. One of the best and most inspiring sermons I ever heard on this passage was preached at Lisburn County Antrim by the late Reverend Dr. Ian Paisley. I don't think there was a sound in the building as he described the tramp, 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 of all the nations of every age and every clime summoned to appear before God's throne the whole congregation seemed to be holding its collective breath this judgment is inclusive it will include all of us people from every age and every language and every class of humanity the little people who live ordinary lives People who are born and grow up and go to school, do a decent life's work and marry and have children and grandchildren. People who love their family. They retire and they have a retirement period at the end of their life. And then they take ill and they die. And they're buried in their local council cemetery or they're taken to the crematorium. And no one outside their own family circle and their friends will ever know who they are. And then there are the great people who are born into greatness or who do great things and their name goes down in history. Just as I was preparing this we talk, there came the news that Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, had passed away at 99 years of age, just a short time before his 100th birthday. The BBC had wall-to-wall coverage of his life so much so that it received a record number of complaints his birth his early days his naval career his support for the queen his character his personality he received a splendid send-off with military bands and marching soldiers and was led to rest in a special tomb one day his royal highness the duke of edinburgh and the little person from the council cemetery will stand before God, the great and the small together, and they will give account. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. The fallen angels are there. The dead, small and great. And the dead from both the sea and the grave. We talked about this a little while back in our great recap session when we were catching up in Ballymacashan We were catching up on the lessons that we had missed over the lockdown period. And we talked about how the sea would give up its grave. And we don't know how bodies that are buried at sea and eaten by the fish and the crabs will be called forth at the general resurrection to stand before God in judgment. But they will. And the souls in hell, people who have died and their souls have been cast into hell, will appear before the judgment seat. For neither knew. new Bodies, those putrid, ever corrupting bodies of the lost, will be prepared for them, and they will be judged according to their works, and the degree of punishments will fit the wickedness of their evil deeds on earth. What happens? The accused are summoned, the evidence is presented. The Bible tells us that the books are opened. Revelation 20, the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Which books? Obviously, they are the books in which I recorded our deeds. For when these books are opened, the dead are judged according to their works. But then another book was opened, a book called the book of life. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The book of life, containing the names of those who belong to Christ, his disciples, those who have trusted him, those who have obtained forgiveness of their sins through his atoning work on the cross. Here's a serious, important question for you. Is your name written in the book of life? This is so important because those whose names are not found in the Book of Life are cast into the Lake of Fire. Let's ask our third investigative question. Where? The simplest answer to this question is before the judgment throne of god but where is that throne it can't be in heaven for nothing defiled will ever enter there some christians believe this judgment seat will be on earth that after the return of christ and the general resurrection of the dead jesus and the church will be on the earth and that the judgment seat of christ will be set up here on earth now that hardly seems practical giving that every person who ever lived will appear before the judgment seat at the same sitting. It's perfectly possible to think that this will be a single universal event and that the judgment seat will be above the earth. Look at First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17. It says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air." and so shall we ever be with the Lord. William Hendrickson again comments, Why would it be impossible that believers go forth joyously to meet their Lord and Saviour, while at the same time the wicked are driven before the judgment throne? Let's ask our next investigative question. Why? Why do we need a judgment day at all? After all, those who are the lost will on that day find being in the presence of God's holiness an impossible situation to bear. They will, by themselves of their own accord, want to flee away from his presence. And of course the distinctions are already made. There are the sheep and the goats, the saved and the lost, And the saved are already assured of heaven and the lost are already under condemnation by their disobedience under the law of God. But there are two obvious reasons why there must be judgment. The first of those is so that God's glory will be magnified. Now I don't want to say anything about this at the minute. We'll look at this in our next lesson. The second reason is to judge our works that we did in the body. You see, there will be degrees of blessedness in heaven according to our faithfulness and our work for the kingdom and there will be degrees of woe in hell too based on how much of the gospel that individual has heard and rejected and the application of their wickedness. So will a pagan who has never heard the gospel be in the same degree of torment as Adolf Hitler? Hardly so. In order that our reward or our punishment is appropriate, our works must be judged. Again, perhaps more of this later. And then we come to our last investigative question. When? Now this is the great question. When will this happen? There is a slight clue in the text I've often wondered about the phrase that's found in verse 11, and there was no place for them. What is there no place for? If you read the text, it's the earth and the heavens. One of the events of the day of judgment is that heaven and earth will be no more. The corrupt, perishing, temporal world and universe in which we live will flee away from God's glory on this day of final judgment. There will be a new heaven and a new earth upon which and within which the glorified saints will dwell. So we get an idea of the time frame. This will be that day when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time will be no more. It will all be part of that great day of the Lord's return and the resurrection of all the dead. So we've got some idea of the basics of the throne of judgment on the great day of the Lord. Let's go on then just to very briefly examine the terrible verdict. Look at Revelation chapter 20 verse 14 to 15. For we read there in part of those verses, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. John's concerned in this passage about the fate of the wicked dead. He speaks elsewhere of the final state of the blessed saints, the redeemed of the Lord, brought into their eternal home with Christ. But in the passage about judgment, he tells us that the wicked will be cast into the lake of fire. It is a lake. It is without water. It is a lake of fire. Jesus described it in Mark chapter 9 and verse 43 to verse 45. He said, It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Remember that at this judgment time, at the general resurrection of the dead, we shall be reunited with our physical bodies, the saint with an incorruptible body, ready for the new heaven and the new earth, And the unsaved sinner with a diseased riddled body of rotten flesh full of corruption and decay and destined for the literal physical fires of hell i know that some christians usually for sentimental reasons don't want to think about such a horrible prospect the insidious paraphrase and parody of the bible called the message does its devilish work well in this passage massaging the text to imply that lake fire is just the name of the place of the damned. It's not. It is the lake of fire. Let's not try to soften the blow. We must face reality. It is time to consider that very serious question, where will I be in eternity?